Well, hello everyone. Uh, if you'll bear with me for a moment, I'm just going to open in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that each new day with you is a blessing. We thank you, Lord, that you're the source of our identity, the source of our peace, Lord God, that you are the saviour of our souls and you are Lord of our lives. And we just want to welcome you, Holy Spirit, to minister truth to us, Lord, that we would be blessed. We thank you, Lord, that we are already blessed because you are here with us. So, Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honour and all the praise. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given your word so that it may instruct us, it may teach us more of your heart and of your character. And, Lord, we want to dive into that today and we want to welcome you into each and every part of our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's my privilege to, to share with you guys today. Um, I don't like to do all of the talking. Um, I very much like to en engage with you guys and get to know you more. Um, so I've set it up that we can have a little bit of a discussion, we can have a little bit of a chat. I'll make one request, please don't leave me hanging. <laughs> I'm used to talking to teenagers, so whenever I ask a question, they all look down at the floor, and then there's an awkward silence for a couple of minutes, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen today. Um, but I don't, you guys are probably aware that we've been going through the core values of, of Lifehouse, and this month is Jesus is central to everything. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. So I don't know if you've got a notepad or your phone for notes, but just write down those five words. Jesus is central to everything. So that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to stick with those five words. We're going to break them down, have a little bit of a discussion. So Jesus is central to everything. First of all, do we agree with that? Okay, so we're going to break it down and at the end we're going to see if we still agree with it. <laughs> So if we look at the first word of that sentence, the first word of that sentence is Jesus. I'm going to ask a very simple question. Who is Jesus? Anyone free to answer? Yes. I mean, Jesus, is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Anyone else? Saviour. Good. So, the most Im one of the most important things in the life of a Christian is our understanding of who Jesus is. So it is a revelation of who Jesus is that led us to lay down our lives, ask Jesus to come into our hearts, forgive our sins, and then become Lord in our life. And I think that as Christians, we should never move too far away from that, from that revelation of who Jesus is. Every day we should challenge, our, we, the challenge of our hearts, the desire of our hearts should be that I want to know more of who Christ is. Because that challenge is twofold because not only do we need to know Christ, we need to make Christ known. And it's very hard to imitate someone we don't know. Now, I am about exactly 50% my dad and exactly 50% my mum. When I speak, I've been, I've been hearing my parents speak about God and preach my entire life. So sometimes I'm quoting them without even knowing that I'm doing it. Sometimes I'm preaching a sermon my dad preached 20 years ago and it's only when I look at his notes I realise, oh yeah, you've already said that. And I say the same jokes, I say the same stories. When me, my dad and my brother are in a room, it's very hard to tell that there's not just three of one person. And so because I know my father, it'd be very easy for me to stand here and imitate him. Yeah? 
for us, the people we know in our lives, the closest, be easy for us to behave like they behave, to understand how they might react in a situation, to speak in a language that, they, that they've spoken to us. So that's how we need to be with Christ. Jesus is the most important part of our lives. And so it's very critical that we understand who he is. So John 8, 58, Jesus tells us who he is. That's the best thing about the Bible, right? We don't, we're not left to wonder. God's like, God, the Holy Spirit brings up a question in our heart. We go to scripture and there's the answer. <laughs> I mean, it'd be so much more difficult in life if God didn't give us all the answers and the grace and the community and all these things that we could say, hey, I don't need to wonder. I don't need to struggle. God's going to show me the way. So Jesus tells us in John 8, 58, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. If we go back many, many generations from this moment, there was a certain Jewish person who was, who was, who was raised in, in Egypt who discovered a burning bush. We probably all know who that is. And so when he asked, the, asked who the voice was in the bush, God said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I am. So Jesus is saying there, he is God. And so everything that's true about God is true about Jesus. He's the Alpha, then the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the, we sang, he's the name above every name. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. He sits at the right hand of the Father. That everything was created through him and for him, for his glory. There is no name higher, there is no one more powerful, there is no one more glorious than Christ. This is something that, this is the fan, one of the most fantastic things for me about being a Christian, is the creator of the universe, the God who sits outside of time, the, who's infinite, who's omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, all-knowing, is perfect and righteous and holy, desires relationship and fellowship with dust and breath, with his, with his creation that he didn't need to create. With his creation who turned their backs on him and sinned and often continue to sin. And yet he still says, I want to have fellowship and relationship with you. So much so that his perfect son who, who lived a perfect life and died completely innocent took on all our sins. That is the message of the cross. That is the wonderful thing about being a Christian is that we hand over rags and we receive riches. We hand over destruction and we get back eternity. So the first part of Jesus being central to everything is understanding who Jesus is. And I want you to take comfort in the knowledge that discovering who Christ is is something we will do every day for the rest of our lives. No one has arrived. Everyone's in the process. If you ever get somebody who stands up and is a preacher and says, I know exactly everything about Jesus, immediately question them. <laughs> Just question them for the rest of the time. Because none of us, we see in part and we know in part. And then when we, when we return to heaven, when we go to glory, we'll see Christ face to face. But for now, we get the joy of the pursuit of Christ. It's very, it's very sort of Christian to, uh, way of expressing it, but... We don't, we don't just be focused on the destination. We have to enjoy the journey. And the journey is life with Christ. 
So that was our first word. That was Jesus. Our second word is is. Not a long word, but a profound word. So if we look at the is in this context, what, is it, what does it say to you guys? What does it speak to you guys about? Jesus is central to everything. What does that is? Anything that sticks out to anyone? I'll grab it. Present tense. Yep. So if we highlight is, and we look at Hebrews 13.8. That was Hebrews 13.8. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it for you. Just make a note of it, maybe. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So whenever in time we look at that is, it's present. Because Jesus is always the same. So it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything was created through him. So Jesus was there at the beginning. Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. His kingdom is established and will have no end. So the thing that's really to think about is, whatever season we are in, our, we are in, in our lives, the truth of who Jesus is, is still true so when we're fearful when we doubt when everything seems to be falling apart when we pack up our bags and move to a different country only knowing probably two people in that entire country <laughs> when when we when we leave our families behind when we when relationships end and when we're fired from our jobs and when our car breaks down and when our bills are getting on top of us and our, when maybe even when we're sick and all of these things the truth of who Jesus is is still true in those situations. And that in itself is a message of incredible hope. That no matter the circumstances, Jesus is Lord. So Jesus said, I am. He said, he is God. He is Lord over everything. And then we look at is constantly in the present tense. He is always Lord. He is always God. And he is always good. Amen. I'm probably going to finish up really soon. I don't tend to talk for too long. Um, you'll be happy to know. <laughs> so central. What do we think central means? The focal point. The core. Yep, good. Exactly where he should be. Right in, our, in the middle of our focus. So the Oxford English Dictionary has a list of definitions for the word central. And one of the uses for the word central is having power or control over other parts. So Jesus is central. So Jesus is who he is, he always is who he is, and he has the power and the authority. See how we're building this, our understanding of who Jesus is. So Jesus is the ultimate authority. Matthew, I think it's uh, 28, 18 to 20, around about that area, Jesus says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Now, that's not some authority. It's not most of the authority. It's all of the authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. He's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's situated in our hearts. And so, we, being part of Christ's body, 
We are under his lordship, we are under his authority and we are under his protection. And so whenever we step our foot in any direction, Jesus is Lord in that direction. Whenever we enter into any season, Jesus has the authority. Whenever we go into any traumatic, troubling, difficult situation, we can have hope because that hope is not in our own strength. Who here thinks they're strong enough to get through anything? Nope, not me. Definitely not. But who here knows that Christ can give us the strength to overcome anything? And even if that thing kills us, we get the greatest upgrade ever. We get to shed this mortal flesh and head on home to heaven. But we can go into every single situation. Think about that for a moment. I know it's an amen moment. I know it's, we're in agreement. Think about it for a moment. Every single situation, relationship, interaction, life experience that we are going to face, we can have confidence in one fact, that in that situation, Jesus is Lord. Isn't that fantastic? I'm going to give you a little bit of my background. Um, for the first 16 years of my life, I was absolutely terrified of the dark. Uh, and terrified of being alone. So much so that I never went to sleepovers. I never, I probably, my first, I would say confidently, the first 16 years of my life, I don't remember ever having a full night's sleep. I remember just being terrified. As soon as my parents went to bed, the light went off. My brain just went in a million different directions. All manner of things were coming for me. Like all the sorts that I was terrified. And so for those years... Now, this is something that's very precious to me, but I hope, I hope you can appreciate the, the message here. There was one thing that got me to sleep. I used to sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Now, being a 16-year-old and having to sing a lullaby to yourself <laughs> when you're going to sleep is, is not the most cool thing, but in that, Jesus was teaching me something. That no matter how much I'm afraid, he loves me and he'll keep me safe. And that knowledge helped me drift off to sleep. And then I remember I was at an event and I was 16. My father and another, um, another pastor prayed for me. And they prayed that God would just deliver me, set me free from this fear. And so... I remember getting prayer, thinking, oh, that was great. You know, we get some prayer, we're all happy, we're all, we get that feeling. And then I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning, sitting, eating my cornflakes, chatting to my dad. And he said to me, how did you sleep last night? And then all of a sudden it dawned on me that I slept the entire night through, for the, probably the first time in my life. I remember at that breakfast table, I just burst into tears. Because not only had Jesus showed me all of those nights when I was afraid that he was Lord and he had the authority, he'd now shown me by setting me free that he had the authority and who he sets free is free indeed. And so since then, I can report I sleep no problem. I'm now, I'm now 31 and I was, I was 16 and Jesus, when he set me free, I'm free indeed. Amen. We all have stories where Jesus has shown us his goodness. We all have stories where Jesus has shown his power.
but we need to remind ourselves. We need to get on our knees before Jesus. We need to invite him into our lives and we need to focus in every situation on the truth. Imagine your problems right now in your head. Imagine all the difficulties. Imagine all the strife, all of that. Put, make it a box. Make it a box and see how big that box is. And as you focus on it, that box could get bigger. But if you compare that box to the infinite God, that box doesn't even register in size. So Jesus being central to our lives, that hope that we have in Christ is always true, but we have the responsibility to put our faith in the truth rather than believe in the lies. So when troubles come, we can look at the troubles and be overwhelmed or we can acknowledge the troubles and look at our infinite God and say, God, you can get me through this. You can either take these troubles away or you can give me the grace to get through them. So, Jesus is central. And now the last point. <laughs> this is the point I have the least notes for. Because it's the word everything. What do we think that means? I'm going to give you the answer. Everything. <laughs> I've written in my notes, capital letters, exclamation point. Everything. So that means that Jesus is central to everything. So everything, everywhere is under Jesus' authority. There's nothing that doesn't have to submit to Christ. Our fears, our doubts, our anxieties, all of these things, they submit to the name of Jesus. The enemy, when the enemy comes and tries to speak lies to us, when he tries to intimidate us, when he tries to say, did God really say that? When he tries to bring doubt, even the enemy, who seems overwhelming at times, has to submit to the lordship and the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us through scripture that even the weather submits to Jesus. Now, where I'm from, we have all four seasons in one day. You could start out in a pair of shorts and end up in a, in a winter coat within half an hour. Who knows? And so we are kind of subject to the weather. It dictates a lot of stuff that happens. Same here, I would imagine. When it gets to minus 20, no one's heading to the beach. You know, and so we are, we are subject to the weather, but Jesus showed during the storm that even the weather is subject to him. And then he showed something even more fantastic. He showed that death and the grave come under his authority because he rose again, defeating death and the grave. So even the final thing that we have no control over, that, that we know we're all headed for, no one's getting out of here alive. Not this building, but, the, but, they're, but <laughs> that, got, that got scary for a second. But no one is getting out of this world alive. We're all going to die. And we're all have, we all have to die. But Jesus died and rose again and said, no, even death and the grave are subject to me. So even in, in death, we do not fear. Oh, death, where is your sting? Because we know that as blood-bought children of God, one day we will rise again. So now we have the whole picture. 
Jesus, who is Lord, who is God, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, is and always is in authority over everything. So I've got one last question. And I, I want you guys to take a minute. And if you can't answer right away, that's fine. If you can't answer today, that's fine. But I want you to think about this question. Write it down. Think about it over the coming months. Whenever, you, whenever you're in a situation, think about this question. Knowing what we know now about who Jesus is, how will it change how we live our lives? As Christians, we're invited to have confidence. But not confidence in ourselves, confidence in Christ. As Christians, we're invited to have hope, but not hope in the unknown, hope in the constant of who God is. As Christians, we're invited to live without fear, but not because we are strong, but because the one who fights for us is the strongest there is. As Christians, we're invited to live life in abundance. Life in abundance and life in excess are two very different things. We're invited to live in abundance because the one that we live for and the one that lives within us is able to do abundantly more than we can ever hope or imagine. As Christians, we are invited to fulfill the great commission. We're commissioned. It's not the great invitation. It's the great commission. But God says this, that he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. That his grace is not just the forgiveness of our sins. His grace is the empowerment to live out what he's called us to do. He's given us gifts and talents. He's given us personalities. He's given us spheres of influence. He's given us everything that we need because we have him and he has authority and is able to grant us what we ask in his name as long as it lines up with his plans and his word. But are we living that life? Are we living a life of confidence? Are we living a life of hope? And hope isn't hanging on that something maybe happens. We don't hope for something. We hope from someone. Our hope comes from the Lord. So my hope is not dependent on maybe something will happen. My hope comes from the fact that my God is constant. He is who he says he is and he does what he says he will do. So he builds up his ho our hope within us. We don't hang on that maybe something's going to happen. We commit our lives to the Lord and he gives us hope. Do we live with confident hope? The Bible says that we were not given a spirit of fear, but we were given a spirit of love, of power and of a sound mind. Are our minds sound or are we afraid? And whatever we are afraid of, ask ourselves the question, is it bigger than God? And every time the answer is no. And this isn't to minimise the fact that we struggle. This isn't, hey, I'm just, we're going to live a life where nothing bad happens and we're never going to be afraid. We're never going to face adversity. But it's to give us strength, encouragement and confidence in, in the midst of adversity. Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. 
quite close together, there's two scriptures where Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. And then a little while later he says, you may have peace. My peace I give to you. Uh, and, and this, so I can't remember the exact phrasing, but he says, we may have peace, but we will have trouble. And that's our choice. That's what depends on whether we have the peace. Do we, when we have our trouble, do we submit it to the Lord or do we try and fix it on our own strength? We are never, ever, ever going to be strong enough to live this life alone. I've, I've tried to live this life alone when I was... 19 years old, I met a girl, boy meets girl, it's a classic story, and uh, everyone in my life, so this girl wasn't a Christian, every one of my mentors, every, every, even the Holy Spirit inside of me said, you shouldn't date this girl, so I thought, you know what I'm going to do, I'm going to date this girl, <laughs> and so contrary to all of the good advice, I committed to this relationship, and for four years, I had this battle because I knew where I should be and I knew where I was living and they weren't the same. And I tried to do things my own way. I tried to do it in my own strength. I tried to be strong enough to hold everything together and it was the toughest four years of my life. And in, those, in that time, at the end of it, in the space of a year, the relationship ended. My grandfather, who I was very close with, died. I lost my job, I lost my car, I gained like 50 pounds, lost all my money, stopped seeing all my friends, basically was sitting in my house with nothing and had no strength left and all of the things that I used to identify myself, the job, the car, the girlfriend, I had a beautiful girlfriend, a great job, I, was, I had a nice car, I had the watch, I had the, the lifestyle. And I thought I was the bee's knees. I thought I was the cat's pyjamas. Like, I, I, I was riding high. And all of it came crashing down. And everything I used to identify myself was gone. And I was completely at my lowest. I had no strength left to fight. And then on the door of my heart, there was my father in heaven. He, he reminded me, taught me that he's the source of my identity. His strength was perfect in my weakness. He restored me. He brought me back out of the pit. And I, now I have the privilege and the joy of walking with him. And we probably all have similar versions of that story. But as Christians, how quickly do we forget about our weakness? How quickly do we think Oh, I can do this in my own strength. And how quickly we're reminded, <laughs> no, we can't. That's the question I want to leave with you today. If we know who Jesus is, it has to change our lives. So if we, if we don't have that revelation of Christ, then I want to pray today that God shows himself clearly to us that he cuts through the lies, that he cuts through the noise, that he cuts through all of those things so that we can have a revelation of who Christ is and live the life that he's called us to live.